Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. During the, the last two weeks, um, we've been doing uh, the true nature of God at, 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 at Life Group. That's lesson two and three, I think, in Rooted. And um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, we've had some really awesome discussions about it. And it's really awesome to see just people's reactions um, when they found out that God is, God is not the source of their troubles. God is not the one that is that caused my child to die or God is not the one that caused that car crash or, or whatever you can think of. Um, it's interesting interesting how people look when they when they realize things like that. And um, and I'm certain that many people turn away from God because of the wrong perception that they have of how he is. Um, and I think a wrong, those wrong perceptions usually start, um, usually, they, they can happen any time, but those wrong perceptions usually start when um, in church. You know? um, as, as children or as teenagers, we go to church and um, maybe your parents live double lives. Um, you see something in church and then when you get home there's something completely different that is brought over to you and um, yeah, that can cause some offenses. Of course we are the ones who take the offense but um, offenses are sometimes given and we, we are hurt um, and that hurt then fuels the rejection we have for God. And as we grow up, we, we formulate arguments and look for reasons why we, can, why we can reject God to justify ourselves, to justify that, that hurt that we feel uh, because of a wrong, a wrong example. Um, yeah. um, and I think many times people seem to have a very strong intellectual argument against God. Um, you get some very smart, smart atheists, very smart Muslims, um, people that will f make you feel this little and like you, you d as dumb as a rock, but it's not a truth, it's not, it's not true. And that, those intellectual arguments can so easily be just exploded if we just pull out the root. And I believe that many times it's, it's because of an offense that happened in the church or someone just did not they profess to be Christians, they profess to, to know Jesus, and then they just messed it up, you know. Um, if you if you ever done some gardening, you would know to pull out the weed at the roots. Don't just cut off the top, that's not going not gonna to achieve anything. We have to pull the weeds out at the root. And I think if we can deal with offenses, deal with those primary hurts in people's lives, and just show people the true nature of God. It's, it would be so easy just to, to turn someone to Him and to reconcile them to Him. Um, 
So yeah, it's very important that we have a clear image, a clear perception, a, 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 an accurate view of the true nature of God. And I just want to read a paragraph from Rooted um, as a part of my introduction. Uh, it says, <clears throat> Knowing someone is the basis for a relationship with them. If you know someone well enough, it will help you. If you like who they are, you can have a good relationship with them. Or if you don't, you can avoid them altogether. Many people avoid God because they think they know Him. They think they know Him. But all the information they have is wrong. It's important to know and be confident in the true nature of God. <clears throat> because what we believe about Him will determine how we relate to Him. That's key, no? Because what we believe about Him will determine how we relate to Him. If we see Him as cold and harsh, judgmental and distant, then that will be our experience of Him. On the other hand, if we see Him as a loving, generous and gracious Father, that will be our predominant experience of Him. Pretty straightforward, no? The way you see someone influences how you perceive them and how you relate to them. And so I meditated on the true nature of God in this week um, in preparation for this message. And um, when I asked myself, what is the core of God's nature? What would it be? Hmm. Love, obviously, no? 1 John 4 verse 16. 1 John 4 verse 16 says, We know how much God loves us. My translation might be different to the one on the board. <clears throat> but, yeah, we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in His love. God is love. All and all who live in... And all who live in love live in God. And God lives in them. And so I focused, decided to focus on love. Um, and something that I personally had to, to de-learn or unlearn is the thing that I have to have a feeling. I have to have a feeling um, to feel love. Because we all want to feel love. Um, and we don't believe that we are growing uh, in our understanding of His love if we didn't have this amazing, tearful, emotional experience. Um, and it's not wrong to have emotions. <clears throat> but he created and he created us to have them, but we have them in a response to his goodness. They're just a response. No? Emotion is not the benchmark for revelation. The fruit in your life is. Sometimes we don't see uh, the fruit in our lives, but still, that is how we how we measure um, whether we had a revelation, whether something, some knowledge of God has become personal to us or not. Okay, so yeah, let's begin. Jesus is the last and perfect revelation of God's nature. So where do we go when we want to know God? To Jesus, no? <laughs> One of my favorite verses when talking about the true nature of God is in Hebrews. Hebrews 1. Um, especially if the person I'm talking to is quoting Old Testament scriptures and events like Sodom and Gomorrah, the destruction... Um, the, the flood, um, things like that, to say that God punishes His children um, by giving them disease and sickness and stuff like that to discipline them. And um, yeah, this, the scripture is so straightforward. Um, when we read the Old Testament to find out what God is like, it's easy to get sidetracked. 
no? and confused. Yes, the Old Testament does reveal some of his character traits, but because, of, because it's a partial revelation of God, it's easy to get an unbalanced image of who God is. No? Hebrews 1 verse 1 uh, says, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. And through the son, he created the universe. The son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. Uh, when when he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. This shows that the Son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him is greater than their names. So firstly, there's a logical progression. progression. Just excuse my English, it's sometimes difficult. Um, with an Afrikaans accent, if you grew up Afrikaans, to speak correct English. Right? Um, there's, a, there's a logical progression in this verse. Um, and just, Let's just look at verse 1 again. Who can maybe identify for me um, what, what logical progression do you see uh, in verse 1 and 2? It says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets. Okay, so in the past, he spoke to the prophets. He spoke to us through the prophets. And that is in the? In the past, yeah, in the Old Testament. And now, in these final days, when? Now. Now. In these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. So if we lived in the old times, in, in the past, then where would we go to learn about God? The prophets. But now we live still in the final days. No? So where do we go? To Jesus. Yeah. To the Son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance. And through the Son, He created the universe. The Son radiates God's own glory. <clears throat> what is a radiator? A favarman, no? It's something that radiates heat. That's just the picture I get when it says here, the sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God and he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. <clears throat> okay, so you all, you all got that little progression. No? Very, very difficult to understand. No? Thank you for laughing. Okay, and even if we think about the prophets, what did they speak about? What did the prophets speak about? The coming of the Son, of Jesus. No? So why should we go to the Old Testament, go to the prophets, to find out the heart of the Father, to find the heart of Father God, if the prophets in the first place talk about Jesus? That just doesn't make sense, you know? They were primarily revealing not the nature of God, but Jesus. Okay. 
Jesus says to the Pharisees in John 3 verse 9, no, John 5 verse 39, you reached, you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. But the scriptures, they all point to me. They all point to Jesus. This was Jesus speaking. Okay. We know that the scriptures Jesus is speaking about is which which uh, books of the Bible? Genesis to Malachi. If you in Grace Life uh, recently for a while, then you should know this uh, from Genesis to Malachi. So what I'm saying is that we cannot really get a full picture of the Father by looking at the prophets and the scriptures because they are pointing to the Son anyways. You are going to have to dig deep and use much discernment. discernment no? When you search the, the, the Old Testament for the nature of God. Okay. You all agree with me? In, in Solaris Pass, if the people agree, they say, Amen. Okay. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> it's difficult to, to preach to uh, a very quiet crowd. I'm used to Solaris Falls. Um, you are going to have to... Yeah, I said that. Okay. So it will be much easier to get to know God through Jesus. And that is why it says, In these final days, He has spoken to us through His Son. Okay. So why go to a partial revelation of God to get to know Him? just doesn't make sense to me. No? Verse 3, the sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. The amplifier says that Jesus is the exact representation and perfect imprint of his father's essence. Essence, huh? The exact rep representation and perfect imprint of his father's essence. And the picture that I get with the word imprint is just, imagine you have a ball of clay, or yeah, clay, and you slam it with your with your fist. What's left if you take your fist away? Imprint. An imprint of your hand. Or take for instance a five rand coin, you press it, pull it out, exact imprint. That is that is the image I get when I read this. That Jesus is the exact representation, perfect imprint of his father's essence, the core of who God is. So once again, why would we struggle with the Old Testament when we have Jesus? Jesus is the loving nature of God. Jesus reveals the loving nature of God perfectly. Let's look at Colossians 1 verse 15. This is just one last verse to, to just prove that to you. Christ is the visible, Colossians 1:15. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. So, he existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. So once again, Paul affirms that Jesus is the image of God. Another word for image is representation. He represented Jesus like a CEO. Now. You get that picture. You represented God the Father. And he, he represented his heart perfectly. Um, all I'm saying is don't, you don't have to tear the Old Testament from your Bible. Just if you want to know God, you want to know his Father's heart. Go to Jesus. Go look at Jesus' life. The second thought that I want to share with you is that we can know the love of God. We can know the love of God. Um, we read Ephesians 3 verse 14, 21, and it speaks about being 
the, the width and the height and the depth and the, there's one more dimension there of God's love and we just go and we twisted it and we said who can know God I know it's just illogical but we, we or me let me speak for myself I always thought that God's love is too great to grasp it's it's unfathomable if I say that, <laughs> that English word correctly unfathomable I don't even know if that's correct anyway but we, here we read that it is possible for us to fully comprehend the width and the length and the depth of his love. Let's read Ephesians 3 verse 14 to 21. And I'm going to read it from the Amplifier. Verse 14 says, For this reason, grasping the greatness of this plan by which the Jews and Gentiles are joined together, the Amplified adds, in Christ, I bow my knees in reverence before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, which is God, the first and ultimate Father. Verse 16, May He grant you out of the riches of His glory to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through His Spirit in your inner self. And then the Amplified adds, Indwelling your innermost being and personality, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, through your faith. And may you, having been deeply rooted and securely grounded in love, to be fully capable, to be fully capable of comprehending with all the saints, God's people, the width and the length and the height and the depth of His love. That just blessed me, eh? To be fully capable of comprehending with all the saints, every, all four dimensions of His love. Um, fully experiencing His amazing endless love. Verse 19, And that you may come to know practically through personal experience the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge, that you may be filled up throughout your being to all the fullness of God. That sounds good. That we can be filled up with all the fullness of God, that you may be filled up throughout your being to all the fullness of God, so that you may have the richest, that's the Amplified explanation once again, uh, so that you may have the richest experience of God's presence in your lives, completely filled and flooded with God Himself. So, that scripture blessed me. Okay. So, yeah, what blessed me from that verse is just that we can know the love of God. But Paul prays and he requests uh, from God a few things here. And uh, someone else may get more points, but I'm, I got three, three main points from this, from this scripture, from this portion of scripture. And it is, firstly, to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power through His Spirit in your inner self. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through your faith. So the word heart here um, can be used interchangeably to mean either the spirit or the soul. Okay? And then also the inner man refers to the soul and not the spirit. Okay? So he's asking to be strengthened and spiritually energized with power 
through his spirit in us, your inner self. So he's asking that our souls, our minds, our wills and emotions, our, our expressions né, will, be, will be filled with his fullness. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 16 says, um, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Um, we cannot be strengthened and renewed in our spirits. Eh? It, is, it is in the spirits we are complete and perfect in the spirit. You all, you all understand spirit, soul and body? Yes. No? Okay. On the same page. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17 says, but the, spirit, ah, but the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. And Colossians 2 verse 10 says, And you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Okay. So our spirits cannot be renewed. It's perfect. No. But our souls can. So that is what Paul prays for you in that first point. Then point number two, having been deeply rooted and securely grounded in love, to be fully capable of comprehending the width and the length and the height and the depth of his love, fully experiencing that amazing endless love. So if we look at the, at the tense there of the, of the word being, it's already past tense. No? We have been rooted and grounded in him. Uh, when we believe and we're born again. And what is so awesome is that now we are fully capable of comprehending the love of God. I don't think that an unbeliever can, can, can get that revelation of God's love. We need to be born again. We need to have His Spirit indwelling us to have the power and the ability to comprehend the full, the full um, knowledge of God's love. Okay. And my uncle just blessed me yesterday morning when he noticed that God's love is four-dimensional. It says the height, the depth, the width, and the, there's one more, and the length of his love. So I'm not going to go too deep into that, but it just sounded really cool. <laughs> Number three, uh, the third point that uh, Paul prays for is to know practically through personal experience, the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge. Um, without, ex without experience, that you may be filled up throughout your being to all the fullness of God. I want to be filled up with all the fullness of God, not just in my spirit, but in my soul and my body as well. Then. When, we, when we receive His love to such a degree, when we meditate on His love, that it overflows from our spirits, into our souls, our minds, our wills and emotions, and then eventually into the body, into the physical realm. That's where we want to be. Being rooted and grounded in His love is where we start getting revelation knowledge. Okay. Then I think this is the third point that just really blessed me this week when I meditated on the love of God. Is don't separate don't separate the Father and the Son. Many times we create this division in our minds that God the Father was the cold, um, or not even cold, He was just, He's there and He sent Jesus, the loving one, to come and save us. Um, 
while the father, the perception that we get from the Old Testament is that he wants to punish us, he's judging sin, and he's, he's that over there sending Jesus, the one who is willing to deal with us, you know, the one who, who loves us. But this verse, bless me, Colossians 1 verse 19 says, For God in all his fullness, God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him God reconciled everything to himself. That's awesome. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. All the fullness of God was pleased. I like that word. Pleased to live in Christ when he was here on earth. God the Father was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. I just love that image. He's reconciling us to himself. Sure. If you meditate on that, you, you can get ready for an emotional experience. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a beautiful image. And what also comes to my mind is just the prodigal son returning dirty, unclean in the Jewish mind, full of mud, his breath probably stinks, and he's got no shoes on, stinking man. and. He's expecting punishment or nothing good from his father, but his father, seeing him, runs. See the father. See Father God running towards you. Throwing himself around you. Throwing his arms around your neck. Kissing you. Giving you a, a new ring, new shoes, and a new robe. Just accepting you without any, any, any strings attached. Just think about that. Then another thought that blessed me is that God loves his enemies. God loves his enemies. Did you know that? Um, I don't think God would have expected us to love our enemies if he, did, if he didn't love his enemies. No? Colossians 1 verse 21 says, Colossians 1 21, This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies. We were his enemies separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. And as a result, he has brought you into his own presence. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. I want to tell you dear today, guys, that you are holy and blameless before God. You are holy and blameless before God. And you stand before him without a single fault. That's good news. That's good news to me. And what also blessed me is that yet now he has reconciled you. We didn't even think of going to him. He reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. He reaches out. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 18 says, And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to Himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to Him. For God was in Christ. Once again, no separation between the motives of the Father and the Son. Eh? 
For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. We really need to meditate on these verses. We were enemies of God. We were actively opposed and hostile toward God, not just in our minds, but in our hearts. Our, our entire being was against God. Yet, He reaches out to us. And He was willing, Christ was willing to die for you in that condition. Are you willing to die for someone, for anyone? Not just hypothetically, just imagine yourself in that position. Would you now be willing to die for someone? It's difficult, I think. It's difficult. But Jesus, He actually did it. <laughs> Jesus actually did it. And He did all of that to restore relationship, to restore friendship. Something as simple as friendship. That's what God wants with you. Just friendship. He wanted friendship with His enemies. He was pleased to draw us into His presence and hold us close. This extravagant love that Jesus illustrated in His life and ministry and death and resurrection is the love of the Father. Their hearts and their motives was one. The Father loves you just as much as you believe the Son loves you. The Father loves you just as much. Another thought that blessed me in this week was that God loved us even in our unrepentant state. And it connects to the previous one. Second Peter 3 verse 8 says, But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise, as some people think. No, He is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed. That's an, an awesome verse to use when telling someone about the true nature of God. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. And remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. This is what our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom that God gave him. Let's go to 1 Timothy 2 verse 3. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. Matthew 24 verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed, this is Jesus speaking, throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So God is being patient towards every unbeliever out there. When we go out in the street and you, you don't have to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, show me who needs you. Everyone needs Jesus. Everyone. And if you maybe approach a believer, they'll say, I already know Jesus, brother. Bless you. Bye-bye. Just reach out. Just reach out. Everyone needs Jesus. Okay? We who are in Christ is loved, and we can enjoy the great benefits of that salvation. But even unbelievers in their state of unbelief, ignorance, spiritual darkness, and hopelessness 
in their state of enmity against God, are experiencing a degree of God's love in the form of patience. God's heart and desire is for every last person who has ever been born and died in this world to have heard the gospel and had a chance to believe in Him. His love reaches out to every last human being, and then He shows us even more love in the sense that He gives us the free will to choose to believe Him or not. God's awesome, guys. God is awesome. Another thought that blessed me this week was that God loves Himself. God loves Himself. Have you ever thought about that? It's, it's a weird thought. God loves Himself. Um, God is love, and He has always been love, even before anything was created. I think even before God created empty space to, to create stuff in, when there was just God, Jesus, and the Spirit, God loved Himself, and He was love. Okay, so let me explain. Jesus loved the Father, and the Father loved the Son. That is how God loves Himself. Jesus loves the Father, the Father loves the Son. John 14 verse 31 says, But I will do what the Father requires of me, so that the world will know that I love the Father. Come, let's be going. That's Jesus' words right before the cross. Um, so that the world will know that I love the Father. Let's be going. And then he goes to be crucified. John 15 verse 10 says, When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. So that is how Jesus illustrated His love towards God the Father. Okay. John 17 verse 30, no, John 17, 23. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me, because you loved me even before the world began. Sure. A little inside show in that time when time didn't exist about the love and something that, that was spoken before, before we were even a thought, before we were even there. God the Father loved the Son and proved it by giving Jesus a pure bride, a great inheritance, a redeemed humanity. We are an elect, an elect bride, a gift from the Father to the Son. Because the Father perfectly loves the Son, salvation is planned as He seeks a bride for His Son. And Jesus loved the Father in obedience unto death, because He was willing to pay the price for the bride, for His bride for redemption. Hebrews 13 verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Think about that. He's, he's been the same always. God has always been love from eternity past until now and He will always be love into eternity future. Think about it. And God is truth as well. We know that God cannot lie. Amen. God cannot lie or change His mind. And that God of truth, I tell you today, that God of truth that cannot lie is saying, I love you. I love you. He is not lying. Believe it. Believe it.
God did everything in His power and ability to save every human being, and He did it without going against His just and fair nature. His heart is for every single person to come to know Him and have eternal life. This is what everything is about. This is what everything is about. God created the universe to spin around the earth. The earth was a perfect home for us, for man. Why create? That's why He created all of it. And He created man for relationship with Him. It's all about love, guys. God did all of this. Everything you see, everything you touch, everything you can think of, our whole existence is thanks to God's love. <laughs> God is all about love and relationship. Yet somehow we, we got a different picture of Him. Somewhere along the lines, eh? Yeah. God loved us from before the foundation of the world. 1 Peter 1 verse 18 says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. This is beautiful. Verse 19, It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose Him as your ransom long before the world began. But now in these last days, He has been revealed for your sake. I believe that nothing took God by surprise. Nothing. I can just imagine the conversation that took place between the Father and the Son before they created anything. They, they thought about it. They saw the fall of man. They saw the fall of Lucifer, the fall of man, all the pain and suffering in the world. They saw all the people that would ever be born, you, me. And I think probably the Father asked Jesus, are you willing? Are you willing? And Jesus said, yes, yes. It pleases me. It's worth it. That's awesome. So let's just close our eyes. Yeah, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that we can know your love. Thank you that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. You are all about love. You have never been about anything else than relationship with God, with us. Thank you, Lord. My desire with this message is simply to tell you that God loves you. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. We don't have to expect an emotional experience, but it's nice to have them. 1 John 4 verse 18 says, Such love, just keep your eyes closed and focus on Him. Such love has no fear, because perfect love expels all fear. Thank you, Julius, for reminding me of that in the week. Perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it's it's for fear of judgment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced His perfect love. Don't dismiss this verse and say in your heart, it's too mystical for me or I probably won't get it. We can experience perfect love and comprehend and understand the fullness of it. Why? Because He lives in you. Take a breath. 
Breathe in and out. Do it for me now. One, two, three. Breathe in. Breathe out. He is closer than your breath. He is closer than your breath. He loves you. When we fellowship with Him over His Word and meditate on these truths, He will, he will fully convince you of His love. I'm just going to, just to end off, keep your eyes closed and just put your own name <coughs> in here. Ephesians 1 verse 4 says, Even before He made the world, God loved me. Put your name there. God loved me and He chose me in Christ. To be holy and without fault in His eyes. Guys, you are holy and without fault in God's eyes. God decided in advance to adopt me into His own family by bringing me to Himself through Jesus Christ. There is no separation between you and the Father today. This is what He wanted to do and it gave Him great, great pleasure. Great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace He has poured out on us who belong to His dear Son. You belong to the Son. You are a bride, a glorious bride of Christ. He is so rich in kindness and grace that He purchased our freedom, my freedom, with the blood of His Son and forgave our sins. He has showered His kindness on us, on me. God showers His kindness on you along with all wisdom and understanding. John, thank you, Lord. Psalm 136 says, His faithful love endures forever. Jeremiah 31 verse 3, Long ago the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. God's love for you is everlasting. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. Just see yourself there in that position against his breast, against his chest, just hugging him, him just embracing you. Give all your cares to him because he actually cares, and that's so awesome. Thank you, Lord. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.